Congratulations to Walk Hard for its Oscar nomination after a decade-long absence. Mr. Cox. Mr. Cox. Give him a minute, son. Dewey Cox needs to think about his entire life before he plays. From the time he was a boy. Ain't no six-year-old understand the true meaning of the blues. I reckon I might. I don't know uh, with me today to talk about Walk Hard is Matt Gringo. The Academy is sometimes slow, but they eventually time. learn to correct their own mistakes. Yeah, because as we know, the biopic was uh, killed definitely forever after Walk Hard came out because no one would be stupid enough to repeat the errors and, uh, and, and genre subset issues that Walk Hard buried underground a decade ago. That would be ridiculous if they still made movies like that. It'd be even more ridiculous if it was directed by a terrible human being with a terrible track record of being a terrible human being and a bad director. I feel like if America was a declining empire, that between the time of the release of Walk Hard and now, we would be, today we'd be at the very beginning of what looks like a renaissance in biopic pictures. Musical biopics, I should say. But that would only be if America had made some seriously wrong choices in the intervening years. So obviously, Walk Hard did not get nominated for an Oscar. It flopped. But it, it did very poorly at the box office initially. Did I introduce you already? I feel like I did. Yes, I yeah, you did. I, I was talking in the okay. first half. Okay, well, yeah, I know you were, but I, I wanted to make sure uh, I It's Macaringo, you. people. In case you missed it. <laughs> It's it, it's been a day. Uh, it's it's been a week. It's been a month. The, the, the Academy Awards are still dumb, uh, excessively so this year. But that's okay because we're going to talk about a good movie today. These fuckers can't slow me down. Nah. Uh, fuck it. Fuck it all. Um. Yeah. It it bombs upon release. Go out and watch this what movie. Immediately. Go watch it. Go watch Walk Hard, the Dewey Cox story. It was just on Amazon Prime and it left. So good timing. Oh, it left already? Good timing on our part. Oh, um, God. Um, it is now on Amazon Prime if you have a Stars subscription. Oh. I wish I had maybe been paying attention at the turn of the month so I didn't have to rent it. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, we all make mistakes. Like the Academy seems to do on a daily basis. It's got to be like a producer style, like self-sabotage situation. Because there's just no way. Like there's out of touch. And then there's like straight up self-sabotage. There's no way you could be this incompetent. Um. Yeah, you could. They, they, kept, they kept Jay Leno on The Tonight Show. <laughs> Hollywood doesn't know what it's doing. Bohemian Rhapsody is grossing like 800 million. Stupidity... Is not the it's not out of the realm of possibility. So I still hear people being like, oh, I like it. I want to go see the music. And I hate people. Everyone's a fucking moron. I think that's just what it's come down to. I, 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 I'm pretty, I try not to be that way anymore. Like, I, I, I honestly, I tend to think positively about people most of the time when I'm not on this podcast, apparently. And, but, like, the success of Bohemian Rhapsody just makes me really question everything. And that's why Trump's going to win in 2020. 
Oh god, I'm so worried you're right. I'm right. I fucking unbelievable. Although I predicted <laughs> Mitt Romney would beat Obama, so um yeah. I'm not always I don't have a great track record. I don't uh, That's that's See, I'm trying to like we're talking about Walk Hard, a great movie, uh and and kind of shitting on a lesser film, a much lesser film. Uh and th- you just put that cloud over everything now, and I, I, I guess all I'm going to be thinking about, just loss. Good. Oh, my God. You can't escape it, America. These are the choices you <laughs> well, made. Uh, well, we kind of cut back and forth between Bohemian Rhapsody and Walk Hard, but we really want to just, like, celebrate Walk Hard for mm-hmm. for being so ahead of its time, and still also not really ahead of its time, like, because all those genre tropes about, like, the Wikipedia-style entries and the life of musicians... Like, those have been happening for a long time. And it still didn't, like, catch on. It feels like it should have been the biggest hit of its year. <laughs> and But I guess, I don't know, there's some about musical parodies people don't care for. Because, like, Popstar also bombed. Yeah, and, uh, oh, Popstar is fucking Popstar great. Popstar is really funny. Um, I was one of, like, five people that apparently saw that in theaters. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I don't know why this wasn't, you know handled very well or wasn't you know received super well uh because you know it really should it should have been like a blazing saddles or an airplane where it killed the genre it was parodying yeah it's it's beyond baffling that it it didn't it still hasn't like taken off really i think it it's a combination of things which is just it was at the time when i think everyone was kind of there was a backlash against judd apatow who who produced and co-wrote this film um, and, uh, the, the title of the film is Walk Hard, the Dewey Cox Story. And that's kind of, you know, that's like that, the Will Ferrell thing of, like, working in a name like Cox into a goofy <laughs> name. And it's like, oh, all right, his name's Dewey Cox. <laughs> and that, like, that's not a great joke to start with. <laughs> no, no, it's it's not. And that's the title it, of it's your like, film. <laughs> it's nothing uh the, the title isn't groundbreaking but then like you watch the movie and it's it's that sort of like uh stupid smart you know it kind of dabbles in stuff that's like idiotic on the surface but it's it's making points about uh like like a, in a meta textual way uh, about an entire subset of films mm-hmm. And like that's that's not easy to do. Well, well, actually, musical biopics might specifically be easy to do because they're all the fucking same. They are. <laughs> I blame I blame boomers. All musical biopics are about how our lives have to matter, and they don't. <laughs> our, our choices don't I thought matter. You said you weren't trying to be cynical. I'm not trying to be cynical, but it's just true. You gotta you just accept it. You fucking think you matter? No, no. I, I... I hear what you mean, but it just sounds so funny, like coming off of the, that's, the intro. That's billion, billions of light years wide, fucking trillions of planets. Like, do you think you fucking matter? Who gives a shit that you didn't play catch with your son to write a song? Like, <laughs> you know, that's all it is. It's a movie well, I mean, to justify, like, hey, look, I might not have been, you know. Johnny Cash was kind of mean to his wife, but he wrote good songs. Or Ray Charles was kind of fucked up, but he wrote good songs. And see, at the end of the day, that's something. And it's like, no, nothing's nothing. <laughs> Everything is nothing. 
Biopics are a product of a, of an egotistical generation. Bohemian Rhapsody seems to be hinting that that ego hasn't gone away. So, and even down to the uh, the blacklist, that website with all those unproduced scripts that you can read and be part of, whatever, yada yada. It's apparently very difficult for upcoming screenwriters to actually get noticed on there. But for whatever reason, uh, Bohemian Rhapsody did help a, a biopic script boom. So, like all like the the top rated scripts on that website, they do like a countdown, a rundown of the, of the highest rated scripts at the end of every year, right? Mm-hmm. Most of them were biopics. Take all those scripts and burn them. <laughs> we. I'm not. I'm not going to judge the, the merits or quality of the people behind the writing. I have read a couple of them, and I would not disagree with your sentiment. I just we don't need biopics anymore. No, we don't. No, we don't. Uh, there, there have been a couple of good ones, and the 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 solid ones are happen to not be musical biopics, except one. There's one I really like, the Bob Dylan one that Todd Hayes did like a decade ago. Yeah, but that was like a weird... Uh, I'm not here. Yeah. That was just like a weird like different actors playing Bob Dylan thing. Yeah, yeah and it's it's really good. Because mm-hmm. it's like a movie and not a Wikipedia style like fucking waste of time. It's better than the movie Bob Dylan actually made about himself called Masked and Anonymous. Check that out if you want to see Ed Harris in blackface. Yeah. <laughs> oh no it, it's trying to make a point and i don't know what it, i don't even know who was masked and anonymous after watching that movie oh so I think the, oh boy i think the ending line of that film was it doesn't matter sometimes it doesn't matter what things knowing what things mean it matters knowing what they don't mean as well so I don't know what any of that meant. <laughs> no. <laughs> like, we were just finishing up the Halloween retrospective, and, you know, the Rob Zombie ones are talking about how it's not that most of the movie is hard to understand. It's that it's it, it makes clear what it's about from the get-go most of the time. It tells you exactly and, what the thought experiment of this film is going to be. <laughs> yeah, and then that's it for, like, two hours. Yes. This other That other shit sounds like... <laughs> Like it doesn't even know what it wants to be. That it's a bad. That's it's an interesting film. Uh, watch it if you want to watch Bob Dylan fail at acting. Aww. And you got like Val Kilmer's in it. John Goodman. Fucking. Oh no! It's got no, all these people who agreed to do it just because Bob Dylan was doing it. Oh. And they shot. God. They shot like eight pages of script a day, like. It's a it's a it's a bizarre film. And I think Roger. Oh, that's very. I think Ebert, very disappointing. Ebert gave it one star. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, that other Bob Dylan movie. Yeah, that was pretty good. <laughs> uh, not a musical biopic, but recently there was 2016's Jackie, starring Natalie Portman, mm-hmm. and that was I, I really really like that movie. I still haven't uh, seen it. I I'm curious about what you think about it. I am, but the last time you said that, I paid money to see Glass, and I told you not to. I, I specifically told you not you were, to watch it because I knew you, you would were, hate it. Oh, I'm interested in your response. And the music of Dewey Cox Take my hand. has had an effect on people. It's the devil's music from the guy who brought you Talladega Nights and Superbad. You have got to give up this music. 
dream. You're never gonna make it. And maybe you don't believe in me after all. I do believe in you. I just know you're gonna fail. I, I was interested if you were gonna watch it, but then I was like, nah, you're gonna hate it. Yeah, and I did. No, look, I don't. I don't want again the whole diversion thing, but Unbreakable is still like one of the best. No, Unbreakable is a great film by accident. Yeah, it's <laughs> not. It was not intended. Its greatness is not intended. Is is Shyamalan like your new age Ridley Scott? Um, no, Shyamalan's just a boob. <laughs> I can't get over that guy. He's he's got he's got a big ego. I try not to judge. Like everyone in Hollywood has a big ego, but like he doesn't hide it. <laughs> so. <laughs> <laughs> it, it it it's very hard to watch him in interviews. <laughs> uh, but fuck Glass, but fuck Bohemian Rhapsody more. Walk Hard: The Dewey Cox Story is a great film. It is. Um, it, it's a fantastic film. In terms of biopics, I think we've gotten better in terms of film where we've stopped trying to do biopics and we're just talking about very specific moments involving historic figures. I think about Lincoln. Like, Lincoln is about a very specific moment in his life. Um, And I would argue Lincoln probably goes on maybe a minute too long (laughs) into his life. (laughs) You could have ended that movie without, like, the, you know, the ending we all know is coming. Um, But uh, that works a lot better than, like, if they had just told the entire story of Lincoln's life, which I think is what they originally tried to do, and then they couldn't stop the script from being, like, 400 pages long. So, uh, yeah, biopics are a bad idea. Uh, I also think there's one key element to why a movie like Lincoln works, a movie like Jackie works, in my opinion. Uh, well, Jackie was almost directed by Aronofsky, too, and that, that guy's a little hit and miss for me. Mm-hmm. But when he hits for me, it's like I, I'm I'm all in, you know, as long as it's not like Mother or Requiem for a Dream. Well, that's here's that's but, the thing. Um, he hits every time. But sometimes it's a it's a home run, and sometimes it's a foul ball that decks someone in the stands. So it's like hilarious, but then you're like Jesus. Yeah, Mother is an amazing film. <laughs> God damn, I love Mother. Fucking, I should probably watch the ending at some fucking point. Fucking Kirsten Wig gets taken out by a mortar. Oh, it's, that's it's great. Okay, <laughs> did you know that's she's in the season walk card yeah, too? She, so we're not completely off track. She is, yeah, and she's great. Uh, but the key element I want to bring up with something like Lincoln is that Steven Spielberg knows how to make movies, and sometimes people working on biopics don't understand like how to communicate things visually, and so the, this this um, stems from the script more often than not. But fuck, man, like Bohemian Rhapsody. There's there's a couple layers to that because Brian Singer is a creep and doesn't always show up on set for movies that he's hired to make. Uh, and so, you know, they don't plan out shots. They don't know what coverage they need. They don't know how to frame shots to to give desired impact for certain moments. Uh, Brian May is a hack. I'm sorry. Fuck Queen. I love Freddie Mercury, but Queen can go fuck themselves. Well, yeah. Uh, like trying to profit off a man's death who was their friend. And also and, uh, f- make fuck, him fuck the that. villain of his own film. <laughs> Yeah. Like, you know, here's the thing. Dewey Cox is this really funny thing where they frame his uh, his slowly uh, building drug addiction. There's there's constant steps to his drug addiction that's pretty funny. Where he starts with <laughs> it, with reefer. It's non-habit forming. And eventually gets the cocaine, which makes all your bad feelings feel good. It's terrible. Um, but... Uh, Bohemian Rhapsody does that, but instead of the drugs, they they frame 
it around his homosexuality, which is a choice. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I'm not saying, I don't even think that's what was intended, but the end result is that it makes Freddie Mercury's, all his problems are the fact that he is was a gay man. Here's the thing. Uh, I, I caught this on, on Twitter the other day. Someone posited that, oh no, that was intended, but the director, Brian Singer, of course he wouldn't see anything wrong with the way that was framed. That makes a lot given of sense. His personality mm-hmm. and criminal activities. So I'm not sure. Yeah. I mean, I get it, because, yeah. But, uh,. The movie very, very, very heavily frames a lot of his gay antics as bad. His gayness is, uh, you know, it's it's framed as alien, but then it never gets too gay, you know? Because it's got to be yeah. PG-13, because how else are you going to make $800 million? This is a movie sold to weak people. <laughs> and I'll... Um... Uh, my my favorite bit is whenever there's a discussion with the entire band. Every scene, I'm pretty sure every scene has a cutaway to Brian May getting to say something every once in a while. Mm. Only him and Freddie Mercury have like cutaways to just them in the frame. I wonder why that is. As do I. That would be crazy if that was a, a note given to the studio so they can continue using the music rights. For their Queen biopic. Yes. And I wonder if that some of those bad. things were done last minute by the second unit director. <laughs> or first unit, or whatever the fuck. Because someone wasn't on set uh, but, to do all this. The director for, for Walk Hard did not have any of these problems. Uh, Jake Kasdan, a member of the Kasdan family. Another retrospective mainstay, of course, from the Star Wars and the Solo. Did he do Solo? Star Wars. Uh, no, 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 but he, his brother okay. co-wrote it with their dad. I specifically wrote down in my notes that he was not the Kazan that did Solo, but then you mentioned it. Yeah, no, no, no. Um, <laughs> he, he's kind of made a name for himself in like the smaller comedy realm. Yeah. Uh, he did a bunch of episodes of New Girls. He was a producer until that show ended last year. Uh, uh, what else? I don't know. Some other, some other comedy He did a movie stuff. called Sex Tape, which is just terrible. Oh, Sex Tape is bad. Um, yeah. That's not good. And he did a... I think Walk Hard is like his first or second movie. Yeah, it's... it's, it's uh, he did a movie, uh, Something Zero, which I have on a list of movies to watch. Yeah. Um, uh, but no, this, I mean, it's a great it's a great little entrance. Uh, he did Jumanji. I was going to say last year's Jumanji, but it was like two years yeah, ago Yeah, he now. did the Jumanji uh, movie that people like. Um, <laughs> I take it you don't? It, it's a little long. Okay. You, you get what it's doing. About an hour before it ends. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I mean, whatever. Sure. Yeah. Fine. Fun, I guess. If you, if that's your I, thing. I'm, I was uh, genuinely surprised by how much I enjoyed it. I guess because it looked like the worst thing ever. Oh, and, God, I thought it was going to be so bad. And, but then I, I went into it after people had been like, no, it's actually great. And then I went in and I was like, well, it's not great. But... <laughs> It's, you know, it's cute. It's a cute film. Back the fuck off. One thing we should mention about Bohemian Rhapsody, um, if I remember correctly, but I might be a little incorrect because I, I, I maybe got into the theater a little late since I did not pay for a ticket. Um, 
But uh, I think the first time we see uh, Freddie Mercury, he is working as a bellhop. So we don't, we, but we don't actually see where he comes from in the movie. No. Which is the opposite of Dewey Cox. <laughs> where we do see Dewey's backstory and what drives him. What I'm saying is Dewey Cox did a better job doing a biopic story than Bohemian Rhapsody. That's the thing. Uh, Walk Hard is poking fun at all the tropes, but it's doing them like, even though it's making fun of them, it's doing them better than everything it's parodying. Yeah, because how else like, will we understand Dewey if we didn't know he killed his brother in a machete fighting accident? <laughs> <laughs> like, there's some shit that's borderline surreal, and then a sequence that's incredibly surreal, mm. and it's it's totally ridiculous, but it's... It's making it's doing basic setup and payoff stuff with biopic tropes that we know and understand just from watching movies, uh, and then it's making them hilarious, but still relating them to the character. Like it's really impressive what this movie does from a writing standpoint, and it's it's kind of amazing that it, it wasn't a huge hit in two thousand seven. Like I, I'm never gonna stop thinking about that. Like what else came out? Like Knocked Up came out that year, Shrek three. I don't know. I think that the was the year. I think that was the year, though, that it was like a tipping point for those kind of comedies. Like it kind of blew up and died like really quick. Yeah, because Funny People came out like a couple years after that, and I I actually like Funny People a lot, but it didn't. That one did okay, and that one should have been a bigger hit too, even though it's like three hours long. Uh, yeah, yeah, those those trailed off pretty fast after that. We still kind of get some once in a while, but like no one cares anymore i I check them out because i do like judd apatow and uh i do i think i I like listening to interviews with him he's like an interesting voice and he knows a lot about comedy um but i tend to see some of his produced stuff and i tend to forget it so i saw train wreck and i don't remember anything about it i have bill haters in it i think bill haters in it as the romantic interest i like bill hater a lot Uh, bill hater's great um, he's always underused in everything he's in. He's one of the reasons I'm looking forward to the next It. Yeah, he should be good in that, if that movie does anything. Um. <laughs> like, that's the thing. Like, all the casting for the adults, I'm like, oh, that's great. I hope they're good. <laughs> I hope another horror franchise doesn't waste James McAvoy. Oh, boo! <laughs> he's fucking good. No, no, we're not getting... We're not, I gotta he is good in that. He is good stuff. in those movies. Doesn't save him. I fucking hate you. You know, his performance, I like it when it's called a one-man show. It's not that impressive, people. Jesus Christ. (laughs) Go to any uh, acting school. Go to any acting class. This is like, it's a thing they do where you're supposed to change, like, characters that quickly. It's a, you know, it's an exercise. It's not like he's fucking rewriting the book. Just because he does a lot of acting doesn't mean he's doing great acting. Generally, I agree with that sentiment. That's why I don't give a fuck about like best actor awards often. But mm. I I think there's something to him there. Anyways, he's good. Um, but he's good. Speaking of speaking of acting, this movie's loaded. Kristen Wiig, we already talked about. Uh, Jenna McCarthy, Jen, Jenna Jenna McCarthy, Jen, Jenny, the uh, Pam from The Office is also <laughs> in this. I wanted to see how far you'd get, and then you just bailed. Yeah, fuck that. So, alright. Um, I'm cool with uh, that. Uh, fuck it. Who's the dad? I, I, I um, Raymond I J. Any... Barry from Justified. Yeah! Um, oh, wrong kid died. Yeah, wrong and kid also died. also from Justified. Uh, uh, Mar- 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 Margo Martindale. Martindale. 
Yeah, Margot. Uh, um, two incredible character actors that I'm um, very glad we're still blessed to have them around because they're, yes. they're so talented. You know what? I got to be honest, like, I kind of, Justified kind of lost some steam for me when Margot Martindale was no longer the primary antagonist. I mean, she was just there for you know? one season, but that's like the best one. She was so good. Like, she just was really interesting and she gave such a great performance that it was kind of like no one was going to top that. And they kind of brought, the next season they brought in people that were like kind of over the top. And I didn't like that like sudden switch. <laughs> Well, every season tried to do something different, which I appreciated. Because, like, okay. you think they're kind of going to go with, like, the one villain in season three, but then there's, like, eight. Yeah. And they all just, like, fuck each other over. So that was kind of fun. And then season four is the mystery. Uh, season five sucks. <laughs> and then Aww. season six is good again. Okay. Yeah. Um, all right. I guess I got shit to look forward to then. Yeah. Uh -huh. No, no. Season five is it, it, it's rough. <laughs> You got to kind of power through that one. Um, Harold Ramis is also in Walk Hard, the Dewey Cox story. Aww. As yeah. a member of the Jews who control show business. Yeah. Um. Which is a line. That's from the movie. <laughs> no, it is. It is. But I'm just saying, that's what they just... say. <laughs> um. I forgot about this. When I rewatched it, I was like, oh, shit. I should, um, there's also a song which title I probably shouldn't say. Yeah, don't, uh, don't, don't. Okay. <laughs> the songs in this are amazing, though. <laughs> they're great, because it's like, they're, they're, they're clearly meant to kind of push buttons. Uh, but, like, because uh, Dewey Cox is an amalgamation of a bunch of different rock stars and, uh, and people in, in the industry. So when he's going, like, through the rise of, like, the Elvis-style phase, and he steals from the black musicians. Yes. <laughs> it's, that's amazing. Which is which is literally what happens in the scene, yep. and uh, it's it's little things like that too that kind of make those flourishes. If you're like interested in like the the history of music and musicians, and uh, how often black artists have their work stolen from them, it's uh, it's insightful with comedy, and that's appreciated. I do like the uh, scene with uh, the "Take My Hand" song, which is too sexually charged for the audience. Oh, that's incredible. And that's great. When, when I first saw this, that's when I knew I loved the movie. The late, great uh, Rance Howard shows up as a preacher and he gets punched in the face. <laughs> you know who else has hands? The, the devil. devil. <laughs> and he uses them for Holden. Uh, <laughs> um, oh, no, it's, it's, it's full of, it's, it's a great, great cast. I will say one of the funniest fucking things in this movie is uh, you get um, you get a bunch of famous actors who show up as the Beatles. <laughs> you get Jack Black as Paul, Paul Rudd as John, Justin Long as George, and Jason Schwartzman as uh, Ringo. And they do LSD, and then they have kind of, you know, yellow submarine trip. <laughs> but the animation, they decided to make the animation look like the actors playing the Beatles instead of like the Beatles. <laughs> <laughs> so they don't look anything like the Beatles. It's an amazing choice. <laughs> uh, You're having a bad trip, Dewey. Yeah, you're having a bad trip, Dewey. <laughs> uh, I, I love that they keep bumping into like all these celebrities. Like, mm. I think the only one they actually get 
Oh, who's the dude he punches in the the eighties? Fuck or seventies? Um, oh yeah, yeah. I don't remember. Paul um, Tompkins or something like that, or what the fuck? I don't remember. Was it Paul? Was Paul Tompkins in this? I might have missed that scene. <laughs> I no, I might be fucking up the names, whatever. But uh, how? Because so many of these these biopics too, they're also like, oh, name drop here, so you know that they're at this point in their life. Even there though was there's a like guy, no natural progression to any of these There was events. a guy from Mr. Show in this as the big bopper. Uh, who might be, who's literally probably only famous because he died in a plane crash. Because fucking he had one song. Aww. This is oh, the big Papa uh, speaking. Uh, Frankie Muniz as uh, Buddy Holly. Buddy Holly. I, I, I really like that because uh, I, I like Freddie Muniz a lot. And he's had a he's had a rough go of it recently. I'm Mentioned that David David Honeyboy Edwards plays an old blues singer early on, in a great scene. It's in the cut my brother in half scene. Yeah, well, it's great because it shows in order to play blues, if you're white, you have to kill your brother in a machete fight accident, but if you're black, you just have to grow up in America. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you learn to play the blues. So, uh, that's, a, that, that's, that's, a, that's not an accident. Also, Jack White is fucking Elvis. That, that was kind of incredible. That, that's, I wouldn't, I would never have, uh, thought to do that. that that's, that's mm. an inspired choice. I used to like the White Stripes a lot. I kind of tuned out, but. Mm. It's, like uh, interesting. Lot. Uh, a lot of interesting choices in this film, including to have a penis in the corner of a scene for oh, some yeah. reason. Yeah, just just a penis. And, and I, would, I would like to take this time to quote the final paragraph from Roger Ebert's three-star review of Walk Hard, the Dewey Cox story. All right. No. I must mention one peculiar element in the film. As Riley is having a telephone conversation, a male penis is framed in the upper right corner of the screen. No explanation about why or who it belongs to or what happens to it. Just the penis. I think this just about establishes a standard for gratuitous nudity. Speculate as I will, I cannot imagine why it's in the film. Did the cinematographer look through his viewfinder and say, Jake, the upper right-hand corner could use a penis? <laughs> so that really perplexed Roger Ebert. <laughs> I've never read his review of that. Oh, my God. I had to check it out. I always liked, I like checking out Roger Ebert's reviews because he either, like, he just loves everything or he, like, completely gets a film wrong. <laughs> Or he is scathing in his review. Um, and then there's the handful of times where he'll, he'll revisit something later and be like, you know, I was wrong about that. Yeah, but all his time when he does that, he always begrudgingly is like, you know, I still think I was kind of right the first time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a legend. Yeah. Oh, Ebert, rest in, rest in peace, Ebert. I wonder what he would have thought about Bohemian Rhapsody. Oh, he probably would have given it four stars. Jesus. I'm just saying that if you look at Ebert, he's that's ten that tends to be what he does. He gave Crash <laughs> he gave Crash four stars and accurately predicted that it would win Best Picture. Fucking Christ. But I can't tell if he was just predicting it because he was like on the pulse of Hollywood or if he actually felt like it should win. I miss Ebert. 
Yeah, me too. I feel like he would he would be extremely online these days, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah. watch him like start standing for Green Book. He might. I mean, I don't know. He's a he's an interesting guy. Yeah. Although he he has you know he has stood up for voices or like shut down some shit he didn't like. Yeah, uh, that's why I always uh, respected him. Mm-hmm. Like when he he vouched for Justin Lin and the crew of Better Luck Tomorrow. That is one of the best clips ever. Yeah, just watching him yell at that guy. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'll I'll put a link down below, but it's Ebert standing up for um, Asian American filmmakers when a, a white another white critic was telling them that he was disrespecting their people by not sticking to their culture or some shit, and Ebert just helped shut him down. Yeah, and it's, it was it's, it's great. It's amazing. Yeah. So. Rest in peace, Ebert. Walk hard's amazing. Yeah. It's good. Good good stuff. Uh, I like how Bohemian Rhapsody also ends the exact same way, basically. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, Bohemian Rhapsody also fucks up, like, the entire, like, chronological order of events mm-hmm. just to make it palatable for audiences in, like, the safest four-quadrant way possible. That's the thing. It's just biopics do not, they're not structured like life is. You know? Yeah. And then you always get those responses where it's like, well, you know, they have to like make it okay. So people, when people watch it, they're not offended. And like, I, that's a, that's a common thing I've heard about Bohemian Rhapsody in these arguments on Twitter. And it's like, one, no, that's not why they're doing it. Two, it's especially not why they're doing it with this fucking movie. And three, as much as people like to assume that uh, generations, younger generations are being coddled, that's, like, not the case. Yeah, it's not. This is being coddled. This movie was is, is neutered for baby boomers. It's not, it's not for... The people that freak out the most are them. I yeah, mean, I, I mean, when it comes down to it, it's not the, the kids, it's not their kids that are freaking out when they see, like, a homosexual couple for the first time, you know? Like, that's the common, yeah. like, thing when it's like, how am I going to explain it to my kids? The kid's not going to have a problem with it because they don't know that it was viewed as a problem before. Just so, to, just look at how, like, non... Like, how it's such a non-thing to have a gay character on, like, a teen show these days. Like, because, you know, not even talking about... I'm not talking about the quality of any of those shows. It's just teens don't give a shit. But... Even to this day, if you have a mainstream release film and there's a gay character, we all have to, like, stop to be like, what? Like, (laughs) it's so stupid. And it's only, and and also, being gay, it's only about, like, the sex and the kissing. There's nothing deeper. There's no statement about it. There's no societal thing going on. The AIDS crisis had nothing to do with how marginalized certain communities are. <laughs> like, the fact that we, like, really haven't touched on just how much of a disaster the AIDS crisis was is an example of how, which this movie could have easily done. This movie could have awoken, you know, a lot of people to just, like, hey, we really fucked up and maybe we shouldn't make those same mistakes again. Maybe we shouldn't sit around and not give a fuck what happens to a group that is a minority group. And we feel like, eh, it's, it's not our problem. They chose that. Because guess what? That ends up being a problem for everyone at some point. I want someone to remake Bohemian Rhapsody 
or make another movie about Queen after the rest of Queen dies off. Like that might sound really fucked up to say, but I think that's a story that deserves to be told properly. And for the very reason that you just stated the other movies could address that. But given that Hollywood kind of <laughs> is full of idiots and run by morons, I think they will need kind of a, a name recognition to even like briskly touch upon the subject of, of, of AIDS again. Yeah. At least in this capacity. You know what I mean? Freddie Mercury didn't get AIDS until two years after the Live Aid event. So Yeah. I just feel like morons. that's important to bring up that's pretty in the context of that film. If you see. But don't see Bohemian Rhapsody. Just don't. Stay home and listen to The Best of Queen. Just fucking Actually, yeah. s- sit in your room by yourself and stare at a blank wall while listening to The Best of Queen. You'll get more out of it. Also, or watch uh, uh, Walk Hard. Yeah, watch Walk Hard. Also, uh, Rami Malek is overrated. Columbia Pictures presents The Epic Journey. Welcome to the top of a mountain, man. You see, it's a long, hard walk. But I will walk hard. Of the man who became a legend. Walk hard. The Beatles want to hang out, so I'm going to go do that. With meditation, there's no limit to what we can imagine. But I still got a dream and I'm leaving you. You can take the children, but you leave me, my monkey. And that was Walk Hard, the Dewey Cox story. <laughs> uh, it's, it's the best biopic ever. Yep. Even though it's not a real one. Great movie. Yeah. I don't know. They didn't have a lot to say about this. Well, it's hard to talk about a comedy. It's hard to talk about... Like, we just end up doing all the bits (laughs) we liked. You know? Yeah. And it's... I mean, it it is better, like, shot and uh, way... Like, significantly way better editing than anything like Bohemian Rhapsody. But that's because, like, they didn't have footage... (laughs) Yes, um, you mean it's a Bohemian Rhapsody is a basically a Frankenstein of a movie. We belong dead. <laughs> Matt, thank you for joining me on Walk Hard, which it was kind of about, but also about why you should stop biopics. Why you should stop biopics and why we should stop watching the Academy Awards. There we go. Just please don't. I'm begging you not to watch the Academy Awards. I'm begging America to stop. Uh, where can people find you? I'm at EmperorOTN at Twitter.com and YouTube. And you can find me at Twitter.com slash D-E-W-G-O-Waffles. Check out the other movies we have talked about since the last time Matt was on, of which there will be many more. And check out the other things, like the retrospectives, the Batman one that's coming up, the Halloween one we just finished. The roundtable discussions. Other things. Links down below. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. We have been professionally unprofessional. When it comes to music. I ain't good enough to follow Elvis. There's two things you need to know. I'm the king. And number two is... Look out, man! You see how close I came to your head? I can chop a man in half. I'm guilty as John. No legend is bigger than Cox. You met my new wife, Cheryl Cox T. Thanks, buddy Holly. What do you think, George Harrison? The one... The only Dewey Cox. And thank you, Eddie Vader. Walk hard. What happened to you, Dewey? I don't know, but I know what happened to you. Patrick Deppy took a beating. Walk hard. My life has been blessed, from my singing to my family to my sausage. 
It doesn't say cocks, unless I say it tastes like cocks. Yeah.